This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. You jumped up and... That's Austin Nate. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time is Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Bruno, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies to Kirk Street, who ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the time zone that just started watching college football. That means it's time for the debut debate. Brought to you by CampusDecant.com. Just me and Chris Moxley tonight. And on a fair weather version of tonight's show, we rate some Big Ten skill position players for the NCAA video game. I know we said that last week. We're actually going to get into it today. And we discuss some spring camp running back competitions, Chris. But I want to start with something I came across uh, in, in preparing for the freshman guide. I was scouting Austin Mack, quarterback Austin Mack, Folsom, California, going to Washington and uh, watched his teammate, tight end teammate Walker Lyons, get injured on a tackle very similar to the tackle that injured uh, Cowboys running back Tony Pollard in the last game of the season or uh, the in the playoff game, excuse me, this year. And um, it, it struck a chord with me because – Walker Lyons, senior, he's a class of 2023. He's committed to Stanford, so it's good that he gets to play football again. But so much goes into your senior year. These are guys that you've been playing with maybe since eighth grade, maybe before that, where uh, you know you have aspirations for uh, state championships, district championships, prom, all of this other stuff. And he missed it, and he missed his senior year because his leg was broken on this particular tackle. And there has been some commentary uh, in the community about getting rid of these types of plays. And it's one thing to see it with a professional. 
to me, it's something entirely different to see it from a kid in high school who still got his hopes and dreams ahead of him. Um, and to miss your senior year, I guess I relate to it, Chris, because my senior year, uh, about two weeks or maybe less than two weeks before training camp was going to start in the fall, I was playing racquetball at the uh, local athletic club and I felt a pop. Just try a guy wanted to, he saw me walk past. He asked me if I wanted to try it. I said, yes, I tried it for a little bit, felt a pop in my knee, fell to the ground couldn't move my leg, could not literally extend my right leg and uh, went to the doctor. They thought it was a torn meniscus, torn meniscus surgery. I was going to miss training camp, maybe miss the season, but miss a large portion of the season. And I felt, I guess, some feelings that would be similar to what Walker Lyons felt. I've worked so long for this since I was playing rocket football. This is my last year. This is the last run with the guys. And it's not like college, Chris, where you get a medical red shirt, you get a do-over. If you miss that senior season, that's it. That's completely it. And I just remember being in the bed, ice on my knee, just calculate, just putting a clock in my head for like, I'm going to miss this season. There's nothing I could really do. And really being depressed. Um, now it just so happened that in my situation ended up getting an MRI and things turned out to be okay. But the anxiousness and anxiety that I felt in those, in that week, you know, not being, I wasn't able to, to participate in training camp that my, my, uh, the, my senior year, um, just kind of being scared that I was going to miss the season. I could not imagine, uh, what Walker Lyons was feeling. And so, um, anything that we can do to eliminate these kinds of injuries, I'm for it across the board. Again, it's one thing if it's professional, Tony Pollard, you know, he's kind of made it to the highest level. Walker Lyons still has his dreams of playing uh, college football, and now he's going to be going into his freshman season at Stanford, you know, recovering from a broken leg. And so um, I'm usually the guy on the side of the defense and uh, – uh, looking to relax regulations for the defense. But when you got a kid, Chris, that is, well, lost, because that injury was in the first game of the season, in the first quarter of the first game of the season. When you have a kid lose his his senior season, that, that just struck a chord with me. And you're muted. <laughs> Dang it. I I was listening to this, your this emotional this yeah. emotional uh opening to the show and throw it to Chris and he's muted. Well it was it was it was beautiful, of course. Um, you know, I think he might be committed somewhere else, but I'll let you know or someone else comment on that maybe at the end of the show. But I will say Walker Lyons is at least going to Norway for probably two years to heal up. Uh, you know, he, he, he's a Mormon. Uh, his mission is going to be in Norway, which we talked about this in our Discord, actually. With, and I was surprised that one could get a mission to Norway. I know that the uh, Church of the Latter-day Saints there is not super prominent. Um, but he's going to Norway for probably two years. 
So he will at least have time to rehab that injury with probably cheap health care and really good science. So hopefully Walker strong, Lyons gets there. This is a strong, strong opening to the show tonight, Chris. <laughs> We're talking about a kid who got injured back in September of 2022. I've Who's misidentified where he's committed, talked about myself, and then we get into the Church of Latter-day Saints. That, that's why they pay us the big bucks. Chris yeah, Moxley. Of course. Uh, it's the offseason. What are you going to do? Uh, Mox, we covered this subject on the Better Sports Show last week. You, me, uh, maybe two weeks ago now. I think it was two weeks ago. We covered this subject on the Better Sports Show. Things that make college football, college football. <laughs> and I thought that I had pocket aces with my answer of pronouncing program the word program as program that epitomizes college football you came in and got like a straight flush with some of your answers do you remember what it is that you said can you give you know our, some of our audience doesn't cross over and does not listen to the better sports show but give me some of your answers because they were really good yeah i i i do remember them uh my favorite, and this has always been my favorite, is the flight tracking of university jets between like your school and potential like college football schools. So if something's going to West Palm Beach or an area like that, maybe when Lane Kiffin was at FAU, it might have been Lane Kiffin coming to your school or some, just people tracking flights. And then there was the one story where Urban Meyer was on vacation. And he was going to take a visit to Texas A&M while he was on vacation in Florida. So they were tracking all the airports near like Vero Beach, like private airports near Vero Beach or something. I mean, these people are just <laughs> insane. Um, that, so that was that's always been my favorite. Uh, Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin trolling people. He, oh yeah, he pictures of of jets on the runway. Oh yeah, Lane, Lane Kiffin knows. He he gets it. He's he he understands. Um, I had hating on seventeen-year-olds just because they are not going to enroll in your university, calling them dumb, calling them idiots, uh, saying they're self-centered. You know these these kids are seventeen, but uh, you just absolutely hate them the, with just the force of like ten thousand suns. These people are just violent. Um, some of the some of my favorites. One that I actually have one that I didn't mention on Better Sports that I wish I did. Colored fields. You yes. don't get colored fields in the NFL. You That's have the Damn. the Boise State Smurf turf. You have the teal field in uh, Coastal Carolina. You have the gray field at Eastern Michigan. You have the red field at Eastern Washington. And I maybe I'm forgetting some but i i think that covers most of them it's like what nfl team is ever or, or any other sports league really is going to play on a red or gray field so like that is just peak college football it is and just to piggyback on that chris um different systems playing against each other like if you get usc playing against michigan it's totally different systems whereas in the nfl it's more or less everyone yeah. playing the same style of game. Now, you might have a team that's a little bit more run heavy. You might have a team that runs a little bit more cover three, a little bit more cover two, like the old Tony Dungy uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers teams. But more or less, most teams are playing the same thing. It's rare where you get 
it, the, the the comparison of you know Air Force versus or Army versus whomever who is just playing a totally different a totally different game than everyone else. I mean, look at look at Coastal Carolina, right? Like they have like a yeah. modified op- option option <laughs> offense. Yes. Coast Carolina is running a modified option offense on a teal field in Conway, South Carolina. Like you don't get any more peak college football than that. You know that I I don't think I brought that up when we talked about it last time, but that was uh, one of my favorites just, and I also love the absurd proposals, just like the message board rants, absurd people just being generally insane. Uh, You know, the one that I brought up last time was uh there there were a couple that i really really liked but one was that a&m should hire a magician as their offensive coordinator or or (laughs) or just as a specialist on staff to run trick plays like they should bring in david blaine as a coach or an assistant to come up with trick plays because they are quote masters of illusion the message (laughs) boards I the just message love boards it. are absolutely crazy. You brought up Conway, South Carolina. When did BYU in 2020 decide that they were going to put all of their equipment on the truck and play this game on that Saturday? It was after the start of the week. It was after Monday. They're like, all right. Oh yeah, it was like it was probably like Tuesday or Wednesday. And I mean, they they let Zach Wilson get destroyed in that game. The rest, uh, he they yeah that was. That was he had tough. an excellent finish to that game. That was one of the greatest yeah. games that we've seen in the last eight, ten years or so. What, what was what was uh, what was Wilson saying or BYU saying? Anywhere, anytime, anywhere, anytime, any place. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Remember, they were yeah. trying to get into the playoff. They were undefeated, but they had a weaker schedule because they had they're an independent. They had to reschedule all of their opponents because you know, the, all of these conferences were doing conference play only. So, um, and that's the season that elevated Zach Wilson to the number two pick in the draft. And they ended up losing that game. BYU. They lost at the, they lost. Yes, yeah. they lost, but they had a chance with like two minutes left. Zach, I mean, they, they, they were within five yards of scoring a touchdown to take the lead in that game. I mean, that's, that's, it, it, that is a classic, classic game that we've seen in the last five years right up there with uh georgia and ohio state right up there with ucla and fresno state that would be a good list to come up with the best games in the last five to ten years or so yeah and i mean you you said it but like that game was helped by circumstance so much like the chaos of the covid season meant that yeah but like you could go across country and actually like play a game would, against Coast Carolina and nobody batted it would, be, it would be hard to explain to someone, well, this just this game wasn't on the schedule. They just decided at the last minute to put it on the schedule. And they drove there from Utah to South Carolina. At least the equipment buses, the, the equipment, the equipment what was uh, on the on the truck. Yeah, I don't um, think I don't think Zach Wilson was in that convoy per se. He probably was on a no, was, uh, on a train or on a train on a flight. On a train. Uh, let us know at Campus to Canton. What are your um, examples of what makes college football college football? I think we've got some good one good ones. We're going to continue to play that game, Chris. We need people to subscribe to the YouTube page, subscribe to TikTok. We have not had a rate and review on the Campus to Canton podcast feed since December. Whew. I think it was. 
That's 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 terrible, guys. That's terrible. and we tra- hey, and we track our we track our listens, so we know y'all more of y'all are listening. So oh yeah, oh yeah. Where, where's the positive feedback or, or or negative feedback? But with a five star review, of course. <laughs> we have an excellent <laughs> excellent podcast lineup: chasing the natty, uh, the daily draft report, campus life, back to Debbie, Debbie debate, Canton bound, the official. Um, Give us a rate and review. We, we need at least two. Can I get two rates and reviews between now and next Wednesday's show? I'd really appreciate it. Also, March 1st, March 1st, the Freshman and Supplemental Draft Guide is coming. Uh, that's why Matt's not here. He's concentrating on getting that finished out here. And uh, I, don't need, I don't know what Austin is doing. I have no idea what Austin is doing. I figure that, you know, he's probably. I, thought he, I mean, I thought he was in, like, how, what is was the island off Croatia? Havarati? Havarti? You're asking, you're asking you know, the, me? Yeah, the, the party <laughs> island off Croatia. I thought that he was there this week, but I he's he's at he's at wrong. fire. He's he's organi- not organizing fire fest too. Uh, okay, so um, off some island. So uh, uh, and stay tuned because we are going to have an announcement closer to March. March is going to be a fun time to be around campus to can. I promise. You promise you that i promise you that specifically if you are consuming our content for the first time or you are looking to get into either college fantasy or c2c for the first time you're going to want to stay tuned let's get into these video game ratings chris last week's show went so long we went an hour and a half and we didn't we were not able to get into the video game ratings and i want to get into this because i think that this is going to make college players more visible and more marketable than they ever have before. It's a very small thing, but when you think about how you play Madden or how you play the old NCAA video game, you hit that R2 and you scroll back to scan the field to either hot route or whatever. In Madden, you see the players' names, Keenan Allen, uh, Devontae Adams, you know, Javante Williams. In, in the backfield, Matthew Stafford, you see those names. That had never been the case on NCAA. If you were playing with the old Michigan teams, you would see uh, Denard Robinson. You would see Devin, or excuse me, you would see quarterback, what was Denard Robinson, 12? I forgot what, what number he was. 16, I think he was 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah 16. Quarterback, oh, quarterback right. 16. Or if you were playing with, I used to play with the Texas Longhorns. You'd play with uh, Colt McCoy. You would see quarterback 12. Wide receiver number four, Lima Swede. Um, uh and so now the NCAA video game is going to have the players' names on them. So when you scroll back, you will see Emeka Ibuka. You will see his name on the game, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. You will see these names on the game, Devontez Walker, Drake May, uh, Trevante Citizen. It's a small thing, but when you grow up playing these games and as popular as this game is going to be, you're really going to remember people like Michael Vick is an icon because of how good he was, but his avatar in the 2006, 2007 Madden game adds to that, to, to his legacy, to his legend, just how good Michael Vick was on that game. People still talk about how unstoppable Bo Jackson was on Tecmo bowl. I've never played with Bo Jackson on Tecmo bowl. And I know that. I tell you what, though, <laughs> players like p- players like Randy Moss in 1999's Madden or Javon Curse, like these Warren Sapp, like these players who are kind of just unstoppable 
I'll give you one, Chris Moxley. Sean Taylor, when Madden released the hit stick, anytime you hit sticked with Sean Taylor, your that running back was fumbling the football. And we grew up and that added to these players' legacy, these these players' legacies. And it's just something that we did not have with college players. We're going to have it now. So it's my opinion. It's my opinion that that is going to lead to these players being more visible, being more marketable. So if you need to sell a car or pop soda or, you know, whatever it is, you might go the route of getting the college player to do it, which is like just another domino falling on itself. Uh, when you, you have them visible in the game, now they're now they're on television because they are more marketable. I think that we're, we haven't even really touched the surface. I don't know if I use that expression right. You know what I mean? I don't know that we've even begun to see the type of investment in marketing that we are going to see for college players. I think that we're three years away from a college player having a Nike signature shoe. You might be able to go and get the Nike Dominic Royolas. I don't think that we're that far away from that happening. And so we're, I think we're going to see more money, more money uh, uh, coming into college football, not less. Some players I can think of that would have, have had, you know, their legacy changed if their name was on the actual game. Pat White at West Virginia. A ridiculous player in college football. I can stay in West Virginia. Tavon Austin. Marcus I thought you were going to say Steve Slayton. Steve Slayton, Sure. Um, no, Noel Devine. I don't know if people remember Noel Devine. He was a his player, his his avatar on the NCAA video game. Excellent player. Never made it to the NFL, but excellent player. Uh, actually, he might have played in the NFL for a season or two. But oh, Marcus Schmidt. Vick. Marcus Vick. If we're just naming West Virginia players. Oh yeah, Marcus uh, Vick was a great example. Marcus Vick, great player uh, in college. One of my favorites. I mentioned him earlier. Limus Swede. I used to throw the ball up to Lima Swede and just go user catch it. It didn't matter if there were three, four players in the air. He was six foot four, whatever it was. He was always coming down with it. So I think that we are going to see, Chris Moxley, these players become more marketable because kids are going to know them. You know, these grown men playing these this game, is, they're going to know them. And this game is going to be very, very popular when it is re-released. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with your assessment that we're a couple years away, but there is a substantial amount of hype marketing that is built into the game. And I think you touched on it in a couple different examples, which is, you know, there is an incentive to market these players. And I, you know, I think it benefits EA at, who holds, you know, their, their, I don't know the like legal definition or like legal, legalese, I guess is the right word to say it. Um, I, I think that they can purchase the rights to the players when they sign off on it. And so you're going to see players' names pop up for the first time ever. Like I was a Rutgers fan growing up and, you know, like RB27 on Rutgers playing NC, NCAA, like, I, I, like, that was fun. Like, I knew who that was as a fan, but when you have a bunch of other people who are playing as this team or randomizing as this team, and you're seeing these guys go off on like crazy, crazy 
uh, performances, it boosts a player's stock to the point where it's there. They can be independently successful of a NFL, XFL, whatever competition. And so I, I'm right there with you. Like, I just think it's going to be a huge boon to a lot of players, individual marketing campaigns. And, you know, it's a shame we're not having that now because I bet Marvin Harrison Jr. would make so much freaking money. On, yeah, on, and I, on I'm, gl- I'm glad because, you know, uh, Luke is talking about Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers is not going to have a career after uh, college, so he needs to get all the uh, <laughs> marketing money that he can get uh, there at Texas. Let's get into – let's do we've – got a, we've got a long offseason. So let's just do the Big Ten, some Big Ten names here, and let's give them some ratings. Is that fair, Chris? Fair enough. All right. We'll start with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Quarterback Kyle McCord, projected starter. I think that's fair to say. Projected starter Kyle McCord. He should at least have the edge. What rating are you giving him? 84. 84. I mean, for a guy that hadn't started, I uh... – Hasn't well, hasn't hasn't started. I mean, he started what one game against? He started one game against a- Akron his freshman like, season. Yeah, like I, uh, you know, we, we haven't seen him. I, I think eighty four is in the lowest scale just based on his recruiting pedigree. Yeah, uh, that's probably fair. He's going to be a third year player. Uh, I'm going to give. I'm I'm going to give Kyle McCord in eighty three, very close to what you have him eighty three. I'm going to give Devin Brown. In 81, but his throw power is probably going to be like 94 for me. He probably needs some awareness, some experience. I'm giving Devin Brown in 81. I don't think that there's that much of a drop-off between the two. I was going to give him an 83. I You're going to give really, really Devin Brown 83? Yeah. Yeah, I think, that, I think they're incredibly close. Um, okay. I do think McCord, you know, we've talked about this. I think he wins that job, but okay. talent-wise, they're right there. Let's go to the running back position. Travion Henderson. I'm going to give Travion. I mean, he was, after his freshman season, he was headed to being a you know, 95, 97 ranked player. After last season, I'm going to give Travion in 89. Is that fair? More than I have him, so yeah. What would you put him at? 88. And okay. his, We're right around the his, same. His toughness... A an attribute or is like strength. Yes, it is. Okay, so toughness. toughness, Yeah, if toughness toughness is attribute, he's scoring like pretty low in there. I just think he's kind of. I I think it's maybe mental, but I think that he needs to improve on his toughness. Like he kind of plays soft. You know who doesn't play soft, and that is one Mayan (laughs) Williams, who has been one of my guys for a while now. I'm rating Mayan Williams 85, but his break tackle is probably 94. His speed might be like 83, but his strength is probably in the 80s. His break tackle is in the 90s. And, you know, there's going to be some players that just go ahead in the depth chart and put Mayan Williams ahead of Travion Henderson because they want that big bruiser in between the tackles. I'm going 85 for Mayan Williams. Uh. I gave him an 82, um, sure. but I think I was a little low, so I'm going to give him an 83. Okay. I just, I don't know. I just don't think he's that talented of a player, but he's got a great <laughs> offense, 
this is Willis. We're just rating players. We're not getting into beta players. I just he deserves to be five points behind Travion, and you have him four points behind. So, like, I'm a little lower on Travion. There we go. I don't understand. I mean, is Travion speed that makes him that much better? I, I guess. He just a more talented back, like across the board. It, it, okay. like, almost every oh. category will have him higher, except like toughness and strength. I'll even throw Dallin Hayden in here. I'll give him a 72. 72 for the sophomore Dallin Hayden. I actually kind of like him. I'm going to give him 77. That's that's a loaded backfield for a video game. Yeah, oh yeah, it's really good backfield. Let's go to the wide receiver position. Marvin Harrison Jr. Let's give him a 96. 96 for me for Marvin Harrison Jr. Man, it's tough to get up there. Uh, I was going to say 94, but he will probably be the top-ranked receiver in the game anyway. Oh, absolutely. I don't even know who would be number two. I think it's, it, might be, I think it might be the guy we're going to talk about next. It could be. It could be. Emeka Ibuka steps into the slot. Um, it's just hard for me. I'm going to give Emeka Ibuka an 88. I think that he and Marvin Harrison Jr. are a little bit closer. I'm going to give him a 90. Okay. We're going to say ballpark. Yeah, for the most part. We're only like two, two, two apart. The 2021, or excuse me, 2020, number one receiver in his class, five-star out of Pennsylvania, Julian Fleming should be starting, what, at flanker? I'm going to give him a 77. Oh, you're, you're higher on Fleming than I am. I'm going to give him a 71. <laughs> I just don't – I'm just convinced he just isn't very good at this point. Like probably athleticism is is high, but like technique is he he's one of those players that you on the video game you're hot routing to get out of the way so that you can throw the ball to other people, including this freshman, uh, Brandon Innes. Let's just do Brandon Innes. I'll give Brandon Innes. I'll give Brandon Innes a seventy-five. He's a, he's a freshman. I'll give him a seventy-five. That's pretty high for a freshman. Yeah, uh, I'll give him a seventy-three. Which I think is also high. You know, I, I think it's respectable. Um, I would probably have him as the third highest rated receiver in that room. Um, so, yeah. I just want to do this for the comedic value of it. I'm. Uh, uh, what are you giving uh, G. Scott Jr. tight end, wide receiver convert G. Scott Jr. I don't know, like sixty six. I was gonna say sixty four. <laughs> Or like 61. I mean, he's, a, he's a probably a pretty good athlete still. The thing is, is he's one of these guys that if you switch him to wide receiver, he should become like rated 73. He should get a couple of points boost if he switched back. to. I would put him ahead of Julian Fleming. I'll tell you that much. He would be, he would be starting yeah. my lineup ahead of Julian Fleming. I mean, you're, um, you're not going to see him on more than like what? 20 blocking snaps this year. If that, I mean, oh, I, we should see the over under on that is really going to be tight. Uh, <laughs> it's really going to be tight. What a shame. What a shame, Ryan Day, misusing yeah. G. Scott Jr. Let's go to Penn State here. I'm really interested in your rating of quarterback Drew Aller. He's my third overall quarterback. Um, Drew Aller, what do you got? In my rankings uh, at campusdecan.com, $299 a month, $29.99 a year, just to get it from the door. Drew Aller, what are you rating? 82. Oh, you're tell. Oh, oh contraire, my friend. 
I don't think I can rate him that much higher than Devin Brown, and I don't think I can rate him. Maybe oh, I can above Kyle McCord. Like I really like Drew oh, Aller yeah. too. Oh. I just don't think his rating could reflect. No, that. no, no, no. Drew Aller is the second is the best second quarterback coming? in the Big Ten. No, I was going to say he's the best. I was like, who? Yeah, he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Make no mistake, he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Uh, give me Drew Aller at eighty-seven. Whew. Take him 87. 87. That's hot. That's hot. That's would, that's that's spicy. I would give him ninety-five throw power. Ninety-five that's throw fair. power. If there was like a, a DGAF rating, it would be it would be up there for for Drew Aller. It would be in the nineties you know, also. Another rating that we don't have, but I think he would be like a ninety-nine in looks good in shorts rating. <laughs> <laughs> we should come up with other ratings. Looks yeah, good. Looks, looks good in shorts rating for Drew yeah. Aller's probably 99. Like, the, like he's got the quarterback body. Swag. Arm, swag. Swag. The swag rating. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of a quarterback that had just terrible, terrible swag. Uh, it'll come to me. It'll Kirk come Cousins. to me. Mm-hmm. He's just like neutral. Like bad. I'm talking about like bad. Just like, ugh. I don't like their face mask. I don't like the way they do anything. It'll come to us. It'll come to us. Uh, running back, Nick Singleton. I think that he's the best running back on the game. I I, th- I think there's an argument that Nick Singleton should be in the same area as Marvin Harrison Jr. as far as rating. I'm going to go 93 for Nick Singleton. And, he, and again, probably the best running back on the game for me. I was gonna say ninety-two, so I think we're you know we're right in the same range. Um, yeah, this isn't very interesting, right? But uh, no, I think I think he's pro- probably the best. I'm trying to think if there's another like a better running back. I think I really can't think of one. I, I think uh, one we'll talk about later is gonna be kind of close. Braylon Allen, uh, Raheem Sanders, those are the guys that are going to be in this in the conversation with him, and I think that he's the best. I'm giving him a 93, so he has some room to grow. You know, his yeah. his last year, his junior season, he'll be rated 97. Katron Allen, oh, yeah. his backfield mate, IMG backfield mate, uh, there. I'm going to give Katron Allen an 80. You're much much lower than I I think I would be. I, I was gonna say what's the 80s. difference between what's the difference between Katron Allen and Mayan Williams? Very similar stylistically. All right. Well, you rated Mayan Williams five points higher, so obviously there's a difference. <laughs> um I was gonna give him an 84. Okay. I mean, now that we're that far off, 80 and 84, but like in the grand scheme of things, that's probably a somewhat of a, a difference. I actually I just think Katron Allen's a pretty good player. But Nick Singleton is substantially better. Fair, fair. We'll skip their wide receiver class. I don't know that there's anyone noteworthy there if there's no objection. I have, um, no, in- Mich- I have no interest in rating their wide receivers. Michigan, J.J. McCarthy is an 81 for me. He's probably got, you know, 87 speed. And so we you would like to play with him. But, you know, his accuracy um, is probably a little bit off. And this is a... This is a this is a player that you're going to want to run. You're going to when you're using the avatar, you're just going to run a lot with that player. I was going to give him 81 as well. 81. That feels 81. that feels like perfect for JJ McCarthy, like a guy who just yeah. 
<laughs> maybe it's actually a good video game or something. There are some there are some guys yeah. that you, like do they have NFL attributes? I don't know, but there's they have skills and the user can account for whatever deficiencies they have in their actual in their actual game. And I think JJ McCarthy is that type of player. So um just like like with with Michael Vick. With Michael Vick, they made the his his accuracy was off, but when you're pl- when you're playing with him, you press the right button, the ball is going to go to the right spot. And I think JJ McCarthy could be the same type of player. Blake, this is an interesting one. Blake Quorum and Donovan Edwards. Who's getting the higher rating here? Uh, Quorum. Oh, okay. I was going to Quorum at ninety one. <laughs> okay. All right. But so 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 I I thought about this one when we talked about it as a you know, conversation topic tonight. Like, how many better collegiate backs are there than Blake Corum? Like, probably only a handful. And That's I, true. I, so, like, he deserves to be in the 90s, in my opinion. If we're giving Nick Singleton 93, I think Corum is a 90 or 91. I would just have a lot of guys in the 80s. I would probably give Blake yeah. Corum an 88, and I would give Donovan Edwards an 85. But Donovan Edwards has a much higher ceiling. I mean, the frame, the pass-catching ability, speed yeah. probably has more speed. I'll, I'll give Edwards, uh, you know, I was going to say 84, but, you know, I, I think that's probably about right. I think we're right on the same page. Um, I just think Blake Corbin's a really good back in this game, if that's really what we're trying to get at. Let's go to Nebraska. <laughs> uh, Georgia Tech quarterback Jeff Sims has transferred to Nebraska. Another guy like JJ McCarthy, where where his rating overall not, might not be great, but his skills would make him a fun player to play with on the game. Jeff Sims, what are you rating him? Do you want my honest rating, or do you want my I've seen Jeff Sims play a million times and I know give me Jeff your, Sims rating? Yeah, give me your honest rating. He's a Kaiser starting <laughs> level college quarterback, so it can't be that bad. Sixty nine. No, get out of here. No, I think just, I just think he's. I just think he stinks. Like, oh my I, like, goodness, That's he seems like a nice guy. Offensive. Seems like seems like a nice guy. But seems like I, a nice guy. But I, I just can't. I just. To, I just don't think he's very good. Now we're just gonna flame Jeff Sims. I gave him a seventy-three. I we're mean, not even that a, far off. <laughs> there's a big difference between the sixties and the seventies. When you I'm rate the someone, you can be in the sixties. You're in the low seventies. When you're in the '60s, that's just that's just disrespectful. That's just. Disrespectful. What if I rated him 70? How would you feel? I that would be like, yeah, that's probably. Very <laughs> <laughs> one one point off. Okay. Michigan State has one player that I care about as far as ratings go, and it's their basketball uh, wide receiver convert Keon Coleman. Um, I'm probably giving him an 83. But he has, I don't know, jumping and athleticism metrics that you a good a player that would be fun to user catch with, Keon Coleman, to use your user catch ability. Yeah, I, I actually really like Keon Coleman just in general, but I don't you know, I have him in a seventy nine. So like I don't have him in the eighties. Uh I don't know if that's disrespectful that's or not. No, that's but, fair. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I did the tactical aspect of a game I think can improve, but the athleticism and and where he'll be graded highly, like you said, jumping and um, you know contested catchability, and you know I think he has that. 
a team that I'm not sure what the 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 developers of the of the video game are actually going to do with this team is Wisconsin because for so long they have been, you know, great offensive line run your running back into the back of the line of scrimmage. They get Phil Longo now. They get Tanner Mordecai from SMU, who had an excellent, what, 2021 season? An excellent 2021. He was a QB1 yeah. in college fantasy, right? Tanner Mordecai, a QB1 in college fantasy, throwing a Reggie Roberson and um, uh, who's the guy's draft eligible now? I forget, for, I forget his Rasheed name. Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice, yeah. Uh, so Tanner Mordecai is there, and, and so is Nick Evers, but I think Tanner Mordecai should start. Tanner Mordecai, uh, 74. Are you going higher or lower? I'm actually going much higher. I'm going 82. I think he's a good player. You think Tanner Mordecai is better than Devin Brown? For the, purposes, point- for, for the purposes of this game, yeah. Do I think do do I think that I would draft or evaluate him higher from a NFL talent perspective? No, but like I think that his skill set kind of fits what Phil Longo wants to do, and I I think that the his strengths could parlay themselves into the scheme that that Wisconsin wants to run. So yeah, I would have eighty two. I would I I would have him over Devin Brown for the purpose of the game, and I would have him over JJ McCarthy for the purpose of the game too. Hmm. Tanner Mordecai or JJ McCarthy? That is a good question. At Campus Canton on Twitter uh, for the video game, JJ McCarthy or Tanner Mordecai? It's going to be JJ McCarthy because he has like sp- speed is everything on the video games. When your quarterback can run, uh, it just adds a different element to get first down. So it's going to be JJ McCarthy. Hey, All right. Braylon Allen. What's your rating for Braylon Allen? 89. Yeah. Okay. That's 80, 89 or I, I don't want to rate him behind Corum who I gave in 91. So maybe I'll just tie them and say, 90. I do. I do. Oh, you I'm, think you'd have him behind 90. him? I'm going 90 for, for, uh, yeah, I would have, I would have Braylon Allen ranked ahead of Blake Corum. Blake Corum yeah, I think, I think they're pretty close in terms of like what, you, what you want from a, um, a, a video game perspective. Like, I think that they're going to be pretty close. It's like, I'm t- I'm right, rating Braylon Allen ninety. Um, all right, that I, I don't know I don't know that we have anybody from. Well, all right, here we go. Uh, let's do one more here. Let's go to Illinois. Let's go to Illinois. The only player I really care about is is wide receiver, quarterback turned wide receiver Isaiah Williams. I'm gonna go eighty one for Isaiah Williams, but his yards after catch, his punt returning, gonna be high marks. For, for uh, Isaiah Williams. Yeah, I was, I was right in there. And it gets to 82 with like elusiveness being like yeah. 95. Yeah. Just just an incredibly like slippery player, even at his size. Um, true. True story. Um, the the Illinois used to be one of the teams I used to love to build a franchise with. Aurelius Ben, Juice Isaiah Juice Williams, quarterback. I think that was a Rashard Mendenhall team. If I remember correctly, running back Richard Mendenhall and Vontae Davis, Vernon Davis's brother, was a cornerback on that team. I used to flip him to wide receiver. He would play both. He would always win the Heisman because he would have like, you know, <laughs> three or four interceptions returned for a touchdown. 
like 700 yards receiving, something like that. Two-way player always win the Heisman, uh, Vontae Davis. And then he quit football at halftime uh, with the Colts. So. Yes, yes, he did. What What do you think? And not on the sheet, but Josh McCray, the running back at Illinois, who's probably so. I, 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 yeah, it's a good question. Josh McCray and Reggie Love. Josh McCray and Reggie Love are going to replace yeah. um, uh, Chase Brown there at Illinois. I think I would give Josh McCray in eighty. Now he was headed to be rated a little bit higher, but then he had dealt with injuries last year. Yeah. Um, but after his freshman season, I think that he was you know going to be. Somebody, I mean, I had him rated highly last year. He could have been in the 85, 84, 85 range. I'll give him 80 right now. I mean, I was getting him like a 76, but the only thing that I think he does really well is be large. Uh, he's, he's got he's light what, feet. like he's what, like 235, he's got very light feet. He's got very light feet for uh, a man that he's, size. He's he's fine. You, you and your you and your 230 plus, yeah, you're 230. Damn right. You're damn plus right. running backs. You're damn right. That's exactly what I like. How'd that segment go? How are we doing? I don't know. What do people say? I don't know. I don't know. I'm let's get to some great. Let's get to, I mean, you can tell it's the offseason. You know, there are a couple of phrases that if they're used at the beginning of a podcast, you know that they had nothing to talk about. One of those phrases is, I was reading in the athletic. Another one is, mock draft those two phrases when they're used you can really tell that it's a struggle to get content out there well mock draft uh, mock draft is your it's like uh your ace you know when you need when you need is. a little bit more engagement you just slap mock draft on your video and you say mock mm. mock draft mock draft is like uh i wouldn't say it's your ace mock draft is um who's like a over like reliable a, Frank Reich was a, was the was a quarterback who would come in for Jim Kelly <laughs> and give you the games that he needed to you know to get to the next game. That's what mock drafts what mock drafting is like. We need I was to say late through. career Frank Gore. That's a good one. I was trying to Where? think of a quarterback though. Like who's a quarterback? Brock Purdy, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> same, Jimmy Garoppolo. Same yeah, mock drafting is the Jimmy Garoppolo. But Jimmy Garoppolo is like a starting level quarterback. You know who it is? It's uh, Dan. What was the um? Hmm. Matt Castle. The the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles had like From four backup quarterbacks that were guys that could get you wins. Nick Nick Foles. Nick. It's the Nick Nick Foles is a perfect one. Nick mock drafting mock drafts or Nick Foles. Mock drafting. Is is the Nick Folds of or Nick Folds, whatever. Yes, Nick Folds is a good comparison for for that one. Let's get into oh, quickly get into some of these these running back battles. I think that this is a really interesting year to start playing campus to Canton leagues because there are so many new names. Like when I look at my rankings, I'm like, man, there are a lot of guys who are starting for the first time. There are freshmen, there are guys who haven't had large roles in offenses. This season, it's no different at the running back position. I look at Texas losing B. John Robinson, not only losing B. John Robinson, also losing Roshan Johnson. Jonathan Brooks, who a lot of people like to hate on, Jonathan Brooks is their leading uh, uh, rusher as far as attempts goes coming back. And then you got Keelan Robinson, 
Robinson uh, coming back. He's a fifth-year player, Alabama transfer. He's also smaller. They've got Jadon Blue there who didn't get a lot of run last year. And then Cedric Baxter. Now, it could be that this is going to be a committee. I think Steve Sarkeesian, I mean, he's uh, Najee Harris is the name that sticks out of my head as far as deploying someone in the bell cow role. I mean, he could deploy a a committee here in the bowl game against Washington. I mean, they kind of evenly split the carries between Robinson and and Brooks. It's hard for me to project Cedric Baxter just taking this thing over the same way we saw with Nicholas Singleton. And it's, it's because Cedric Baxter was his team and his running game and his offensive line was so dominant there in Florida that oftentimes you just saw him run straight through a hole and people just couldn't catch him. He's got a verified four five forty at 210, 215 pounds. This is a dude who has a tremendous speed score. He can move, but I don't know if he's someone who, is necessarily thumping through tacklers. I don't know if he's a natural pass catcher. So I think that early on, and you got young guys there. I think early on we're going to see a committee in Texas while Quint Ewers tries to figure it out with uh, uh, Xavier Worthy and oh shoot, who's the uh, who's the possession guy that they had transfer there? That's going to take Naor or Ad Mitchell? No, the, yes, Ad Ad Mitchell, Ad Mitchell. But I think as far as the running back rooms room goes, I don't know that we're going to see a lot of clarity early there in uh, at the 40 acres. No, I actually agree with that. I, I do think there's a chance that Baxter catches on late as like a yeah. 10 to 15 touch guy and like the majority of touches. But even go, like go back to what Bijan did as a freshman, right? Like he was never the lead back, even late in the season. Well, no, late in the season he was. It was like it, the it, last quarter, the last couple of games of the season. It was like won. week 10, 11, 12, and then their bowl game, which is when he took on their like, bowl game against Colorado, where he averaged like 18 yards of care. Like, okay, yeah. Just running I, through them. I, yeah. I just don't think that's what they're, what they're going to do. So I would, I would get, guess that Brooks and, and Kendall Robinson are going to take like 80%, and then you're going to see Blue mixed in, Baxter mixed in. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's just going to be a committee. I remember that distinctly because. <laughs> Made fun of Austin. Austin, he had like no carries through like week three, and Austin was like, he's the best running back in college football. And I was like, how can you say that when Jameer Gibbs, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Austin is right. Don't tell him I said that. Um, Alabama, another team that I think could head towards a committee, maybe. Now, Jace McClellan was the clear backup last year, and I think that we still, even after that ACL injury in 2021, um, we still think that Jace McClellan potentially has it. He has all the athleticism too. A four four five, four five five forty yard dash uh, under a four second shuttle. It pairs that with a thirty nine inch vertical and has a uh, ten nine hundred meter dash. So all of those things are telling us that this guy's the real deal as far as an athlete. And he's get he's has another year removed from uh, that ACL injury. Fourth year player. I think it either could be committee or lean with him heavily. I'm not exactly sure. Roydale Williams is still there. Jamarian Miller was one of my favorite running backs in last year's class. Got 73 career uh, catches in high school. He can catch the ball. We didn't see him really used that way last year. And then they also bring in my favorite running back in this year's class in Justice Haynes. Um, 
they they've kind of given the ball to seniors there at Alabama. Tommy Reese is there now. I, I have no reason to believe that it, it, it's probably split between the top two, the the fourth year player and Roydell Williams and the fourth year guy, Jace McClellan. Yeah, I I think McClellan's the guy. He'll probably de- be deployed in a very similar role to what Jameer Gibbs had this year. Uh, like you said, like a credible athlete. I think he might have been the top-rated spark athlete in his yeah, class was. as well. Yeah, I yeah. mean, just in a, like in a really incredible athlete and a year removed from the ACL injury, I, th- I think, or two years heading to these, the season. Um, he'll probably be the guy. Rodell Williams will come in as more of like a thumper. He's not really a pass catcher. Uh, you know, I think that opens a lane for Jamari Miller to come in and kind of take over the Jason McClellan of last year role, which is, you know, substitute pass catcher, guy who can sub in on third downs occasionally. Um, so, yeah, I actually really like Jason McClellan this year. I think he could have a really, really nice year. See, I'm looking at these battles and I'm like, which one of these guys is going to get 70% of the snaps? I don't know that we've talked about a backfield where that's going to be the case yet. And it it's almost, I mean, how rare is that out in like a power five in a power five conference specifically, right? Like you've you've like Marcus Cooper at Kent State rushing like twenty five times a game, and then backup gets like two carries. Like in the power five, you want to conserve conserve these dudes because you probably have a guy who behind them who's like ninety percent as good. Uh, USC. Lincoln Riley has deployed bell cows in Kennedy Brooks, Ramondre Stevenson uh, at a bell cow role. There are a bunch of names here. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd transfers from the other USC to the real USC or vice versa, however you want to call it. Austin Jones is still playing college football. He will be there. They've got Relic Brown. Both Jones and, and Brown are, you know, on the slider side, Marshawn Lloyd is too, but looks to me to be more of a bell cow. Now he dealt with injuries early on at South Carolina. If he, if he, if Marshawn Lloyd is healthy, we could be talking about him at the top of the 2024 running back class, you know, being maybe in that second, second tier after Travion, after uh, uh, Raheem Sanders, we could be talking about Marshawn Lloyd, you know, in that next tier of players, because he has some really good flashes there at South Carolina. Yeah, he did. Um, you sound unenthused. You sound, I mean, Mox, you're the you're the you're the South Carolina fan. You seem unenthused. He's fine. Like I just like I've watched I've watched him his entire South Carolina career, and I'm just like, all right, he's fine. Like, I don't think he's anything special. I really don't think he's anything special. Um, I I lean more committee than, like, huge workload for Lloyd. Um, and it's funny. We talk about USC, right? He's this real USC. But, you know, we – we the University of South Carolina was a school before California was a state. So who's who's really the real USC? Um, I think Relique Brown's actually going to get work in the passing game and at, at, out of the backfield, and I think that's going to limit anybody's upside because he came on pretty late in the season and, and really served a role in that game and in the passing offense. And without Jordan Addison, I think that they they're going to look for someone else, and I think Relique Brown could be that guy. I don't think he's getting a lot of carries, but I do I do think he's going to limit who whoever is 
the lead back or even if it's committee, just upside. He, he he'll he'll take the majority of passing reps, I think. It'll be interesting to see because I think we tanked Relic Brown's rating after being, you know, a five-star player, uh, at least according to the recruiting services. He was not very not very high uh in in our ratings, relatively speaking. He doesn't he does still doesn't have an NFL future. He's just a really dynamic collegiate sure. back. It's kind of like where I land on him. Um Florida State under Mike Norvell. Now Trey Benson is the the name that everyone is circling, and and, and rightfully so. Um, no Trayshawn Ward there. Mike Norvell has had success with Daryl Henderson, Kenny Gainwell. I mean, if you want to give him uh, credit for uh, Antonio Gibson, also, even though Antonio Gibson played wide receiver there. I mean, this is a guy who has always wanted to run the ball, and now I don't know. Like, there's no clear competition for. Trey Benson, he had 900 yards on the ground last year. He could be looking at 1,300 yards plus this year, as in the in a full time role for an ascending for an ascending Florida State team. I I mean I I love Florida State this year. Uh, you know I I have a, a championship future on them just at value uh, and a Travis Heisman future. So like I, this is an offense that I'm invested in. I, I just think it's really training in the right direction. Trey Benson is going to be the guy, uh, you know, barring injury, probably. I mean, Trisha Ward transferred to Kansas State. Um, they have a couple of other backs there, but nobody that I am really scared of. The question with 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 uh, Benson, in my opinion, is whether or not he has, like, legit Debbie upside and, like, NFL sure. upside. I, I, yeah. I don't know that he does in this in the way that i think people are drafting him so like i've seen him going in the top 10 rounds and that makes me a little uncomfortable like i don't think he's a top 10 back, but you know what i think top five i think people back may have said class. the same thing with Dwayne mcbride israel bonaconda like some of these lower lower rated guys who were just productive and we didn't realize that hey maybe they have at least a day three uh, NFL draft potential. Benson Benson will go day. He will probably go day three. Like I don't want to say he doesn't have any NFL upside, but I'm talking like he's going earlier in camp scan drafts, and I really feel comfortable taking him and probably Debbie drafts too. He's being valued as a top five seven. Back do you, in the do you class, think on the college side there. that he's an RB, a potential RB one? Uh, yeah, I think I have him graded as my RB seven. I mean, I'm higher than him in college fantasy than the rest of our crew is. So I, I think I have a RB seven. Everybody else maybe has him outside the top 10. Uh, I would have to go back and look as I say that, but I, I mean, yes, but that's also like fraught with risk and, you know, it, it, it's a more nuanced conversation in general, but I just think taking him the top like eight rounds of a, of a CBC draft is pretty risky. So and I like him. Uh, we Chip Kelly is always producing RB ones. Carson Steele transfers there. Uh, TJ Harden is the f- redshirt freshman that we were kind of paying attention to. Like, is this the dude that's going to replace Zach Charbonnet? He's even kind of built like Zach Charbonnet, six one, six two, two hundred and ten pounds. Uh, uh, Chip Kelly has a thing for these types of running backs because he's got a three-star freshman who's 6'1", 230 pounds. He just likes finding – oh, look at that, Moxley, another guy who likes big running backs. I'm not the only one. Um, I was going to say it if you weren't going to say it. Um, so do you think that this is like 
Carson Steele's backfield? Or could we see a split like we saw in 2021 between Britton Brown and Zach Charbonnet? Could we see that type of split between Carson Steele and TJ Harden? Or there's a Jones, I forgot Jones's first name, who's a bit a bit of a smaller back. But do you think we could see a split there between Steele and someone else? Yeah, uh, you know, projecting today, I think Steele's the guy with like 60, 55 to 60% of touches and then probably divvied up behind him, however. Uh, but I mean, I like Carson Steele. I think Carson Steele would actually be really fine or a, more than fine, probably a good fit in this offense. I, I think that he is a talented enough collegiate running back to perform. And I like TJ Harden fine. Uh, but I, I do think it's going to be Steele's job, at least like the majority of touches. And that, that means more than 50, in my opinion. So 50%. So I think that's a valuable role, too. Car- Carson Steele, an NFL guy? Day three. Round five, six, probably. Um, you know, I don't know how many people are itching to draft a white running back who doesn't catch passes. I'm just saying, just saying. I'm going to get Barnabas in here. We, we get, there are a lot of backfields we can talk about. We've got time. We can, when we have uh, Austin and Matt on, or Austin's not going to be around for a little while, but we have Matt on. um, We can have a conversation about Miami. Now I know that Miami's running game was supposed to be good under Josh Gaddis. They bring in uh, uh, Shannon Dawson, who was the passing game quarter coordinator for the last three years in Houston, but can he revitalize that running game there in Miami? Miami's running game. Miami's third leading rusher was freshman quarterback Jakari Brown. Now they get uh, Trevante Citizen back, back. They get Don Chaney Jr. back. I actually like Don Chaney Jr., another big between-the-tackles guy, um, but I think that could be an intriguing one. How does TCU replace Kendry Miller, uh, Oklahoma, Texas A&M. Texas A&M is an interesting one. Auburn with no Tank Bigsby. Kansas State with no, uh, uh, what's Mighty Mouse's name? Why am I forgetting names today? Deuce Vaughn with no Deuce Vaughn there for Kansas State. Uh, Oklahoma State with with Dominic Richardson transferring to Baylor. I think these are could all be interesting conversations, but... We'll leave that for next week, Barnabas. Just, uh, just, just give it to us, man. How do we, how do we do tonight? Well, so the name you were looking for in UCLA's backfield was Keegan Jones. Keegan Jones. Um, uh, I will also say Chip Kelly has only recently been really into big backs. If you remember back in the old days at Oregon, you have DeAnthony Thomas, Kenyon Barner, Michael James. These are all smaller guys, and frankly, they all lost out Preach. on NFL opportunities because they were tiny. You know. Um, uh, one of the smaller kick returner guys stuck on the chiefs for a while. Um, but you know, they, they honestly didn't contribute even though they were, you know, uh, NCAA super, uh, video game superstars. You know, you used to be able to run jet sweeps with those guys for, huh. to the house every play. Um, I will also say you forgot about one Tony Pollard uh, for giving credit to Mike Norvell, who Tony Pollard flirted with a 500-500 season almost for th- almost all three years that he was under Norvell. So uh, that was a big deal. Um, but I, I did want to c- propose a little bit of a game here um, just to promote the athletic comparison tool on campusdecanton.com, where I will name the some athletic comparisons 
from the Alabama and USC backfields. And you tell me who, well, because you guys know who these players are. You choose who you would start there, knowing that who, knowing roughly who each of these corresponds to. Uh, does that make sense? All right, hold on. Time out. Are we so are we matching player with their athletic comparison? No. So I'm giving you the athletic comparison, and you tell okay. me. Uh, you guess who the starter is going to be based on who based the athletic on comparison is. Okay, I got you. All okay. right. So, for example, in Alabama, the four comparisons are um, one Antonio Pittman, Mike Gillisley, Kenyon Barner, and Roy Hallou, who's starting out of that backfield. I I have my guess. Do you want me to go first? Go ahead. I think it's going to be Kenyon Barner because I believe that is Chase McClellan. Did you say Antonio Pittman? I did say Antonio Pittman. Antonio, I don't remember Antonio Pittman. I remember Michael Pittman. I don't mean, remember Antonio Pittman. He is a little bit on the older side, but uh, give me the four. I, okay, I was the, give me the four. This is a good game. I like this game. So you this are asking us to match who we think is the starter based on who their mo, their athletic comparisons are. This is a good game. Yeah. Again, Antonio Pittman, Kenyon, Kenyon Barner. Kenyon Barner is tiny. That's got to be Kenyon Barner's got to be either Richard Young or one of the one of the first or second year players. It's not Williams or or Jace McClellan, I don't think. Kenyon yeah, Barner. So you got Barner, Pittman, Mike Gillisley from Florida, and Mike Gillisley, uh, Roy Hill. That's some of these are a little be older. Williams. Mike Gillisley, who played with the um, the Bills for a long time. I think I'm going to maybe Barner is McClellan because Barner was really athletic, but he was short. I thought Jace McClellan was like six foot. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Kenyon Barner also. The answer was Roy Hallou. Jace McClellan is a little bit bigger than expected, mm. according to the athletic tool on CampusCan.com. He's listed at over oh. 200 pounds, and so uh, you know that's one of those thresholds we look for. So it was Roy Hallou. Uh, Jamarian Miller was Kenyon Barner. Justice Haynes was Antonio ah. Pittman, and Richard Young was Mike Gillisley. That's uh, a good I'm, game. That's I still don't really hate the Jamarian Miller starting. All right, I can I can work with that for <laughs> okay. Barner. All right, here we go. USC. It's just it's just one more. Uh, we got Noel Devine, Cam Jesus. Peoples, Tevin Coleman, Trey Mason, and Theo Riddick. So Noel Devine is definitely. We brought up Noel Devine earlier today. Noel Devine is definitely awesome. Malik Brown. Oh, and, so. All right, give Noel Devine. Give me the. Give us the the comps again. Noel Devine, Cam Peoples, absolutely. Cam Peoples, mm-hmm. Theo Riddick. Notre Dame, Tevin Coleman, and Trey Mason. Okay, so Trey I, Mason is well, you know guess. with the Ram. I think it's Trey Mason. I think Trey Mason is uh, is Marshawn Lloyd. I do. I do too. Um, I and I think Relique Brown is probably Thea Riddick. Yeah, the thing that's throwing me off is that it's they got Riddick and well Austin Jones is one, so they got. So they got Riddick and uh, Noel Devine, both smaller running backs. It doesn't matter because those are we know that those two, whichever one, one of the one of them is is Austin Jones and one of them is Relique Brown. We think that Marshawn Lloyd so. is going to start. So that's uh, who was the other the comp? I already forgot. That's uh, Trey. Mason, I said the I name believe, is who you were saying. Trey Mason. Yes, yeah. I think Trey Mason is the starter. And you would be correct. That is Marshawn Lloyd. Theo Riddick was Austin Jones. Relique Brown was Noel Devine. 
Quentin oh. Joyner is Tevin Coleman, and a Marion Peterson is Cam Peoples. A little bit taller, leggy guys. That the more a Marion Peterson Cameron Peoples comp is actually pretty good. Like just thinking about those two players, like I, I actually really like that comp just as an aside. I like this segment, Barnabas. It's uh, you yeah, brought your own, your own flair to it. You brought your yeah, own flair to it. I just wanted to promote the uh, athletic comparison tool on campus to campus.com. Go. go check it out, people. Company, um, I also I also wanted to mention on that Illinois team that you you played NCAA video game on, um, Felix. Uh, also on that team was Josh Brent. Rest in peace. Uh, that was a big big loss in the NFL for a while and the Cowboys especially. Um, but that was a bad defense overall. To be honest with you, they only held opponents under twenty points in a pretty rough era of the Big Ten. Under twenty points, only four times all season. Um, <laughs> so that was not a good defense. So um, you know, I'm sure. I think they had two draft picks on on that defensive defensive line, though. We got. I think uh, there was a guy who went to the Texans and a guy that went to the Chargers on that defensive line, if I remember correctly. I I was looking through the stat sheet. I didn't I didn't no. recognize too many names on there. So I mean, granted, okay. that, was, that was a few years ago, but yeah. Um, okay. and then, okay. So I wanted to make a couple points on your, on your ratings here. First of all, um, so if you want to make the NCAA video game, roughly similar to the college game, or I'm sorry, to Madden, similar to Madden. Um, I will say that only 3.5% of players. So that is 73 out of 2080 players are rated at a 90 or above. So that's actually mm. very rarefied air. So I don't know if that changes your ratings at all, but it is very, very small sliver of people. We only gave two players 90. 90 ratings, though. Um, if you want to add in anyone above an 80 overall, um, that is only 14% of the entire player pool. So... Just something to keep in mind. I'm not saying you you necessarily need to change those, but if you want the distribution to be exactly the same as Madden, we're talking only 14% of players are above an 80 plus. And I looked it up through someone who databased the entire player pool in Madden. So um, that's that's my source. <laughs> um, but you know, I will say if that video game ever comes out, JJ McCarthy rolling out to a corner route on a receiver is is going to be the spam play. That is the spam play, and you run that every single time. I know. Um, and so, and I, uh, also of note, Katron Allen's from IMG, uh, IMG just had their first ever player to make the Super Bowl this year, past year, Josh Sweat. And so, you know, first ever. So that's, a, that was big news. Um, and maybe a surprise and maybe a, another, uh, thing to note later, uh, the bottom of the swag rankings, uh, Mike Valerie can back me up on this is Tyson Baggett for sure. Um, the man can, <laughs> oh, not know to yes. Yeah, man did not know how to dress. Uh, he was wearing basically the same thing as Jaron Hall, who was standing right next to him, and Jaron Hall looked good, and Tyson Baggins did not. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so that is that is your negative swag there. He was, you know, making decent throws, but uh, you know, he wasn't like falling behind in that area. But the swag was a little bit lacking, in my opinion. Um, and I was a little bit personally offended when you guys were talking about what makes college football college football, because as a four-year marcher in the mighty sound of Maryland, go Terps, um, marching band is what makes makes college football. It's, you know, Big Ten. You know, Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Marching band is what makes college football. Um, and all, kind of along with that is the bigger stadiums. You know, NFL stadiums don't get that big. Um and uh, with that comes the student sections, which are integral parts of college football. And the game day experience is just, it, you just can't match it in the NFL. Um, 
And on the note of uh, Walker Lyons, uh, yes, he's yes. committed to USC and going to Norway for two years. I was curious, uh, what notable NFL players did their Latter-day Saints missions? Um, and so I, I, I brought up a not uh, it's it doesn't cover everyone, but some notable names here. Daniel Sorensen did his two year mission in oh. Costa Rica. Uh, we had Tony Bergstrom, offense tackle for the Ravens. He was in Sacramento. Xavier Suofilo did a two-year mission in Tallahassee, uh, which, not. you know, ha- having no. having lived in Tallahassee for a few years, um, that is that that place is in need of something. I don't know. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but uh, maybe the mission can provide. Um, Garrett Bowles did his mission in Colorado Springs. Taysom Hill in Sydney, Australia. And Chad Lewis, walk-on receiver for the Eagles back in the day, uh, was in Taiwan. Brady Christensen in New Zealand as well. Simi Fihoko in my motherland, Korea. Um, one notable name that did not go to a mission was one Dax Milne. So that is a, that is a short list I found online. That's that's a good list. Ima- imagine being the dude who gets sent to set Tallahassee versus like norway or like costa rica or something like i'm just i'm just saying like i know i know it's random but like that's that's tough yeah is that is that all you got got. barnabas that's all i got uh very impressive segment barnabas i'm um i'm like how do we include you earlier in the show i mean people are just gonna fast forward uh but very very good job barnabas appreciate it thanks Um, i do want to before we got here i do want to plug you haven't listened to it already. I did speak to Miami of Ohio head coach Chuck Martin today, and it's a it, it's an interesting inter- interview. I asked him about Tommy Reese. He, Tommy Reese was his quarterback when he was an offensive coordinator uh, at Notre Dame. I asked him about the best player that he's coached. I asked him about the best player that he's had to game plan against. Whether or not uh, he's ever thought about giving up coaching, it's an interesting conversation to hear. A, uh, a, a Division One head coach talk about his career. So I would encourage you to go listen to that. All right. It's on the YouTube page. I'll probably get around to putting the audio on the podcast whenever I get to it. All right. Uh, make sure you check out all the content around the campus to Canton family, but that is going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreet. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. For Chris Moxley and Barnabas Lee, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck.